Life comes at you fast. No one knows this more than the New York football giants. More injuries to the wide receiver position, more roster moves made. We break down where Big Blue stands next. Yes, sir. It's OGP, the One Giant Podcast, where, of course, we are your host over here, Adam Armbrecht, breaking down the newly minted, freshly pressed Brooklyn Nets over on Lockdown Nets Podcast with my boy Doug Norrie and yonder there, the seasoned generational ticket holder, the healthy, wealthy, and wise Mr. Andrew Makowitz. Oh, there's nothing worse, Adam, than the phone call that you get midday for any parents that are out there where you just see the daycares calling you on the phone and you're like, oh, they only call you for bad things. They're not calling you to be like, by the way, you should Kids see, crushing it. Yeah, you should see the <laughs> finger painting that your son just did. It's yeah. it's like you need to pick up your kid. Your kid's sick, and then your whole day is ruined. That's what yesterday afternoon was. Trying to get back in the swing of things today to talk about the Giants. You better believe it, man. Just a heads up here. We got some comments on YouTube said we don't need the banter at the top of the show. And I told them Whoa. right back, you know what? Andy and I do. That's something that we, yeah, like. that's, we that's, that's, for, that's more for us than for them. Like, let's yeah, just get yeah. this right out. Of By the way. way, if I could tell you about another little tangent, take about 15, 20 minutes, but we'll round into it. Now, listen, um, we wrapped up our episode yesterday and it was a good one. Felt solid about it. And then of course, and this just seems like the theme for the New York football giants. Uh, Colin Johnson. See ya. He's out for the year. And uh, Alex Bachman also got injured. Now, obviously, Colin Johnson being done for the year is the biggest component of this. But it just feels like we can't go on a week-to-week basis or a handful of days here without players falling by the wayside for the New York football giants. And, Andy, when we talk about the wide receiver position, I mentioned that Bachman tweaked a little something. Now, we got some really positive news with Sterling Shepard. That's amazing. But also... Still got Kadarius Tony, you know, working his way back from the injury tweaks. We don't know what Darius Slayton is meant to be or maybe now going to be. This position group literally 36 hours ago was like, hey, guys, we got a lot happening for us here. And now it feels like it's just, again, back into this, this, this uncertainty, which is frustrating from top to bottom here, whether it's injuries or expectations. So I thought a lot about this in terms of what we were going to speak about today. And, and the tough part for me is we, we kind of talk about, yeah, as you mentioned yesterday, Colin Johnson looked good, the wide receiver room where it's at. And the second that Colin Johnson goes down, he, you know, everyone said it was a terrible, gruesome injury. He obviously, he hurt his Achilles. He's out for the year. Giant. And we'll talk about the corresponding moves the giants made in a moment, yeah. but it really just shows that it made it made me think, and it got me sad. Actually, Adam, and I, I don't want to take it down this path, but it's like we talk about how Daniel Jones is finally going to get like his full complement of players around him to see if Daniel Jones is going to be the guy. And then, like with that injury, it gives me some like time to reflect, like, you know, a little self reflection. And Colin Johnson out with an Achilles. Kadarius Tony was trying to do drills yesterday and was limping because his hamstring was not acting properly you have Sterling Shepard coming off an Achilles tear the one that just got Colin Johnson out for the year and you have Kenny Galladay who looks like he's injured even though he's not and he's out there off to the side and it makes me think is this Giants wide receiving core 
not, like very, very razor thin when we actually think about it with the injuries. That's where that's where I initially start. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, and Sterling Shepard passed his physical, which is really great news. You said we'll talk about those corresponding moves. I, I like I'm just going to quickly hit the top there. You said about Daniel Jones, and this is why and we're not going down this road in this episode. But this is why I say you got to just evaluate who you have with what you got. You can't keep talking about, well, you know, if you had the offensive line in place or if you had the right wide receivers or if this player is healthy, if that player is healthy, if Daniel Jones doesn't have his injury, right? Like, this is the NFL. This is what happens. Players get hurt. And that, that you know, cliche, next man up mentality, it applies to not only who's going to be playing for the team, but also how you evaluate who you have on the team, right? No one gets to just say, well, because of, and by the way, you can talk about just let's stay in the wide receiver room. Kenny Galladay doesn't get to say in week four, well, I'd be performing better if Kadarius Tony wasn't dealing with a hamstring injury, right? Like you don't get to point somewhere else and say, that's why we're having struggles. Um, but to your, to just to the, to the main topic of razor thin. Yeah. And the other side of it is, and we'll, let me just highlight these, uh, these moves that were made here. Jalen Moore off of, uh, from Baltimore picked him up off of waivers also picked up Bailey Gaither, both actually claimed off of waivers from the Baltimore Ravens. We said Sterling Shepard passed the physical and Jordan Aikens terminated waived veteran, uh, for the New York football giants. We'll talk about the tight end here, uh, as well in this, but look around the league though, I would say. There's a lot of wide receivers that are guys, right? Like they're just guys that are out there after your number one and your number two, when you feel like you have a pretty concrete idea about what you're entering the season with, it's just guys. Can they fill a need? Can they serve a role? So when you say, are the giants razor thin at the position? Well, we don't know what's going to happen, but Kenny Galladay is there. We assume Kadarius Tony is just gently nursing himself through it. And then you get into the cast of characters, right? Like, it is what it is. And, and if Sterling Shepard is going to come back and be on the field, great. And by the way, and Wando Robinson, right? So, no, I don't think they're razor thin. I think the depth is maybe going to be interesting. But tell me another team that when you get to the fourth or fifth wide receiver, you say, oh, yeah, that guy. He, oh, wait until you see him, right? No. Every few weeks in an NFL season, you go, wow, player X bubbled up and had a real breakout game based on what the defenses gave you. Well, and that and that's the hard part about when we talk about evaluating Daniel Jones. We say he didn't have Saquon Barkley for a lot of the time. Kenny Galladay was hurt. Starting Shepard was out. But to your point, I, 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 I'm going to even solidify your point even further. And we didn't talk about this pre-show, Adam, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Oop. Name me three wide receivers on the Baltimore Ravens today. Oh yeah, well that, that stinks too because I know like Hollywood Brown is gone and right. I've, so, I've been so paying attention to them. So can yeah. you give me one? Give me one wide receiver on the Baltimore Ravens. Is Bateman still there? Yeah. So Rashad yeah, did it. Yes, their their high <laughs> draft pick Rashad yeah. Bateman. Well, uh, like, yeah. the other two starting wide receivers are Devin Duvernay and James yes. Proche the second. Classic. And then behind them, there's uh, Tylen Wallace and one of our former Giants that made the practice squad, Victor Benjamin. So, like, oh. to your to your point, like, we just went, like, four, three or four guys deep. We can only name basically one guy in the Baltimore Ravens, and Lamar Jackson's an MVP candidate every year, day in, day out. So, like, w- you know, we, we don't give him the benefit of the doubt w- whether he has the cast of characters. Um, yeah. but, but, but to me, so the other question that pops up, and I saw a lot of people on Twitter kind of, Tapping the tapping the message, being like, "Hey, hey, hey! I, I'm sorry that I said so many bad things about you, but I need you in my life." Let's talk a little bit about Darius. Slayton. Darius, 
doesn't doesn't it feel like the second that the Achilles pops are like, well, if you go back to Darius Slayton's rookie year, so he, here's the problem, right? Like here's the here's the problem with this, and and we're we're guilty of it, you know, of course, a hundred percent here. But here is the problem. And and some people, by the way, on YouTube and stuff, we've seen those comments about, hey, you go back and look at look at Darius Slayton's rookie year. And I don't even mean now that the injuries have come in. They've said it, you know, throughout the offseason. And we've talked about the combination of talent versus where you are, new regime, final year of the contract, and the financial commitment of $2.5 million. So those things matter in, when we, in this conversation for Darius Slayton. And also, once Colin Johnson goes down and you have these other injuries happening here, I think you do look at Darius Slayton and you at least have to say, well, we know, and we talked about this before, this dude has NFL reps, right? Even Alex Bachman, for say he's 100% healthy coming off the little tweak in practice, he doesn't have NFL reps under his belt, right? He doesn't have 40-plus catches in a year, eight touchdowns in a season. Like, nobody else on this roster, Richie James included in that, CJ Board, whether he's healthy or not included, like, it doesn't matter. None of these guys can say that they have done what Darius Slayton has done. And by the way, even though we know he's a far better player and a much better talent, Kadarius Tony can't even say that, right? The only other, the only guys on there are Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard. Those are the guys on the roster that can look at their resume and say, we've done this. So from that standpoint, depending on how things play out here, you at least do have to look back at Darius Slayton now and say, whatever the the reward was for us moving on from him and the reward for other younger players on this roster, potentially, Hey, we may have to live with you walking out of here a year from now for nothing and not maybe pursuing someone else by getting the 2.5 now because we need the body. And who knows? Maybe this is one of those opportunities for Darius Slayton to reestablish what his value is for this team. But, but does it change anything really for Darius Slayton? Does it, does it really like I, I know it that doesn't change anything like, for him personally. I think he's going to market no matter what. He's he he wants to find a new opportunity. I think so. I don't. I, is his time up with the Giants? Probably, almost certainly, right? Well, I'm saying you know, look like Colin Johnson clearly uh, solidified a roster spot if he was going to be healthy going into the season with his play during yeah. training camp and the preseason games. But like him going down doesn't mean okay, we're going to put Darius Slayton in his spot and we're just going to continue to move on. I think. The Giants' problems, as you mentioned, are still the same. And when we talked about who's going to make the roster from a wide receiver perspective, we're like, oh, will David Sills make it? Will Alex Bachman make it? And depending on Alex Bachman's injury, now you're just going to keep both because the, yeah, the problem— Yeah, but, 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 but it does change it, though, because Colin Johnson was being viewed as a guy who, was, who could get Sunday reps for this team. Sure. Sills and Bachman, these are guys, but they weren't necessarily, you know, if they don't see the field as you get to the fifth and sixth wide receiver, that's different. Like Richie James, if he was going to, you know, if he's going to be healthy and you think about him as being that next level guy, but once Colin Johnson goes down, if it was David Sills, if it was Bachman, if even if it was Richie James, it would be looked at differently. Colin Johnson is the size and the capability that you wanted to have on the outside. Even if you get Sterling Shepard back, you're thinking about interior slot receivers, outside receivers. So I think it does change it a little bit because well, he, do, he is up the pecking order wherever you thought he was. But remember, Brian Dable, when he mentioned that that thing of not about not competing for a roster spot, competing for snaps on Sunday, it yeah. wasn't just about Colin Johnson. He was mentioning David Sills in the same breath. So like, yeah, yeah. there there still is the opportunity for Sills to get reps. But what I'm saying is, that regardless of Darius Slayton having experience, you know, two years of roughly 750 yards receiving is nothing to sneeze at. That is a competent, solid number three-ish wide receiver in anyone's anyone's room. Right. The problem is 
the two and a half million. Like he played so well his rookie season that all these escalators came in for his salary, which is ultimately the reason why he's not going to make this roster because the Giants need that two and a half million dollars. Because look at what's going on in the tight end room. Look at the linebacking position. There's just so many other areas where you look at it and say, I don't know who's even going to make this roster. Whereas with the wide receiver room, you look at David Sills, you're like, I could competently have you as the last wide receiver on the 53 and know that if we needed you to do 10 snaps, it's fine. We don't, we can't say the same thing in other places around the roster. Yeah. And I think the biggest factor of this is it, it really, it really to me is Sterling Shepard in a lot of ways, right? If he's coming back and he looks healthy, then you're saying, cause to your point about Sills, it's, it's, where is the expectation threshold for for the fourth wide receiver, right? If it's Galladay and it's Wandell Robinson and it's Kadarius Tony and it's Sterling Shepard and you have some concerns or questions around the fourth, you know, and I'm, I'm not labeling them in a hierarchy, but you have these four guys. If Sills, to your point, well, we just need breather reps. That's different than saying we may need a real player out there. And who knows? It may be the opportunity for David Sills to showcase what he's capable of if that role gets bigger. And from that standpoint, and by the way, I'm willing to go on both sides here. But for me personally, I don't think that because I don't think that Darius Slayton is a long-term piece of this team. There's no reason. I said this about every single time we talk about veterans or otherwise. There's no reason to waste the reps this year unless you think there's a real opportunity for that player. And that could be true, let's say, in theory, for a David Sills. Always talks about having a good rapport with Daniel Jones, right? Whatever. If you think you want to, Daniel Jones, you're going to evaluate him, maybe that's the guy that you keep on the roster going forward if Daniel Jones ends up being the quarterback. Whereas Darius Slayton, again, contract year, where are we headed ultimately? I don't think even in the best case scenario that Darius Slayton puts up another 750 yards for you and catches a handful of touchdowns. Well, uh, okay, let's pause for a second here because I was going to say I don't think there's any world where he would be back, but maybe you suddenly look at him and knowing what could happen with with Kenny Galladay, but he's going to go to market. He's going to go get a contract somewhere else, even in the best-case scenario. So I think that that's the, that's the biggest component to me is evaluating the team, and Darius Slayton is not necessarily in a position to get himself – another contract with the Giants, almost no matter what he does. On well, the field. it's it's crazy because I mentioned the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Could the Baltimore Ravens with that wide receiver room I just mentioned to you use a guy like Darius Slayton as a number three wide receiver? Like he could fit in yeah, you, do you think, perfectly do, there. Does anybody like, does anyone like, does anyone care about Darius Slayton? Like and we, we always talk about this, right? Like we, we and the same thing, these low level guys, we're talking, even David Sills. Does anyone give a crap about David Sills in the NFL? Does anyone care that Alex Bachman, you know, whatever that spectrum of how our players looked at outside of your locker room versus where the league is because for 2.5 million, wouldn't we have thought that maybe a team would have already made the move to bring in Darius Slayton? I mean, the, the Giants can't be asking for more than a back-end sixth or seventh-round pick for the guy. Why doesn't anybody else want that $2.5 million? You said potential third-wide receiver. Like, shouldn't someone have already made that call? Well, but but the thing is, Adam, yeah. Uh, do Does anyone care? I think they do. They don't care enough to give up draft assets and have to pay the $2.5 million. If you could bring him in on a low-level million-dollar deal, that sounds good. But pay him two and a half million and give up draft assets to the Giants. Yeah, yeah that's fair. You're like, yeah, for a third wide receiver or a guy that's a fringe player for us, it doesn't really make sense. When when I think about who's going to be here, because I still don't, I just just the logistics and the mechanics of Darius Slayton and his contract and where he's at, it doesn't fully make sense to me for him to be on this roster. But 
the question that I have, and then we could turn it away from the wide receiver room if you want, mm. is isn't it time to see what we have in David Sills and Alex Bachman? Like they're 26. <sighs> they've been on the practice squad. <laughs> We've also, been hearing about them know, for years. He, you know, David, you mentioned David Sills practicing all the time with, with Daniel Jones, making all these plays. They have a great rapport, as you mentioned. It's like, isn't it time to just see if that's going to work or not? Because uh, that, that, that's fine. I, I, I'm pro that, but I think the, the the caveat there was the same thing with Colin Johnson, who was 24 years old. Like, you got two 26 year old wide receivers. Like, you know what I mean? Let's, let's call a spade a spade here, right? Like, these guys would have done something if they were going to do something. It doesn't mean they can't be contributors. It doesn't mean they can't have a flashy season. But by most NFL standards, you do not all of a sudden find your stride at 26 in the NFL, especially, you know, running backs talk about short shelf life, like wide receivers don't, you know what I mean? Like you, you don't start your career at 26, 27 by 30. A lot of wide receivers, as we're maybe experiencing with Kenny Galladay, start to see things catch up with them a little bit. So then again, it doesn't mean I don't think they can't have a nice little season for themselves, but I, I think like you already know what they are. This is just about, and we'll end it here, man. This this is what this episode's going to be. It's going to be the tight. It's going to be a tight twenty about the wide receiver room and what they're trying to deal with. And these pickups that they got are guys that don't have stat lines for themselves. You know, over the last couple of seasons, what is the better value for the New York Football Giants? Evaluating David Sills and Alex Bachman on the fifty-three man roster, knowing that they're not a part of the future of this team, or finding a way to hold on to Darius Slayton, who whether or not he's going to be a part of the future of this team is an established number three and at some points borderline two for this team over his rookie contract. At the end of the day, Adam, what you said is something I can't get on board with because you said David Sills and Alex Bachman are not part of this team. Like you you basically just said they're not part of the future. And the, and the whole thing that I have to say is until I see them get a few reps in a meaningful situation, I can't make that statement. I can say for certain to you, that Darius Slayton will not be part of the future plan. I just, then I disagree with you. Then hold on. Then I disagree with you at the end of the day. Good sir. Because like, if, if that's the conversation you're having, hold on, no, 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 hold on. on. Who's more likely to be on the roster next year? Darius Slayton or David Sills. But but what is it predicated on right now in this moment, right now, like right now, it's more likely that it's more likely in this moment. And we're talking like 53 men roster that Darius Slayton would be on the roster. Oster next year because he's the only guy that's done anything at the NFL level like that that is like that is the standard now is that a four percent chance and Bachman and Sills are at a three percent chance like that's fine but the rea- that that's my point is like no none of these guys are likely to be a part of this roster going forward and you can say well Sills and Bachman have been around they, they'll still be there in camp like, okay great but I'm talking about you have Kadarius Tony you have Wandell Robinson when we go into next offseason it's going to be about and maybe you know Sterling Shepard, even though we hope he's going to be healthy, he's going to be gone. Kenny Galladay, if they can, will be gone. It's going to be about how do we add into this wide receiver group with another young, talented weapon that we'll draft in the second round next year in the draft class or go to free agency and find the right complementary player. But who is more likely to be on a starting NFL roster anywhere in the league? It's Darius Slayton before it's going to be Bachman or a Silva. And I know you're saying specifically the Giants, but I, but that like, 
The Giants roster with their their salary cap constraints plus their roster construction make it much harder for Darius Slayton to be on this roster when we need the money elsewhere. If you ask me who's a better football player, it's Darius Slayton than either David Sills or Alex Bachman. But unfortunately, the Giants have 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 a completely different issues than other teams. The last thing I will say, Adam, to make yeah. it really easy to to even further your point. Uh, you know, Darius Slayton, his first two years averaged the same amount of yards as Russell Russell Gage did. Russell Gage had about 750 yards. He just signed a three-year, $30 million deal with the Tampa Bay Bucks, and he's a year older than Darius Slayton. So Darius Slayton has had more touchdowns than Russell Gage at a younger age and had the same yardage. And, you know, here we sit. He, he can't he can't be afforded for $2.5 million, yet a guy in a similar situation is getting $10 million and going to play with Tom Brady. And that, and that's my point. The Giants sacrificed a ton in in what they had to give up here in the rebuild and and the the cap constraints. If if you didn't move off of Nick Gates sooner with the money and got him to the pup list, he's going to be afforded every opportunity. And we've talked about this with coaching. We're going to come back in, get us on YouTube. This was a a free form episode. We got a lot of things going on today, but. If you think that the new coaching staff elevates what Julian Love can be and elevates what all these other guys that are holdovers could be that we maybe thought wouldn't be a part of this, then Darius Slayton has to be put back into that conversation. And I'm just going to be fascinated. We said he put some good tape on there in preseason game number one, and then they want to save him potentially for a move. I don't know which way it's going to go. I, I would love if Darius Slayton was had a chance to be a part of this team and didn't become one of those cap victims that doesn't afford him the chance to put one more best foot forward in what could be a very dynamic Mike Kafka system, something we haven't seen yet. So my bet, if I'm a betting man, I really would hope I would take whatever the probably plus number is to get Darius Slayton to the regular season as a New York football giant. We'll come back in. We'll break it all down. Uh, there's going to be more moves, more discussions, tight end room, everything else. We will get there. Come back with us as always, OGP. Until next time, as Andy Makowitz wants, needs, and nay, demands that people know. As always, let's go big blue.